celestial visions of indigenous people are very diverse. Each nation and community has its has its own distinct traditions, but a few characteristics stand out. It's not unusual to envision the creative progression of the universe as a form of thought process. Second, it's common to have a source of creation that is plural, either because several beings participate in creation or because the process as it unfolds includes many sacred players. Third, the representatives of creation are seldom pictured as human, but are depicted as instead as holy or animal-like or as forces of nature. Perhaps the most important aspect of indigenous universal concepts is the conception of creation as a living process, resulting in a living universe in which kinship exists between all things. Hello and welcome to this episode of Weird Awakenings. I'm Morgana Calder and joining me this evening is special guest, Miss Tracy Crosby, Reiki Master. Also joining us, we have Miss Hadley Thorne, our friends from Where in the Folk, Tully and Cecil, and the phenomenal Stephen Hill. All right, before we get started, I do want to make sure that, that we stress we are not speaking for any native group or tribe. We don't consider ourselves experts in Native American spirituality or mysticism, nor do we wish any disrespect to any Native person or group. This is a subject that we just simply have an interest in exploring. That said, thank you for joining us, and let's get started. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'm here to learn. You're here to learn. <laughs> let's, 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 go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and that, that's one thing that the reason that, you know, and Tracy and I had spoken before about making sure that, you know, everyone knew that we weren't trying to speak for anyone else, because sure. there are a lot of people out there right now that are running around saying, oh, I'm a medicine person. And, you know, they're charging people for this and they have no more right to that than anything. You know, it's very disrespectful. And, you know, it's just something that people need to take a step back from and don't do. Right. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll throw a little something out since okay. we're on the topic. And <clears throat> thank you for letting me uh, join your group. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here. And last time, and I hope I can add a, some, some, something to your discussion. Uh, uh, I think your listeners will be interested in your topic because most people are. If you ask somebody in today's world in the United States where we're located, but even across the world, I've done a lot of traveling, people want to know about Native American spirituality. And of course, we know what that what they're talking about. But in truth, every every continent and every culture has indigenous ancient uh medicine and ancient roots in in relationship with the earth we're living on the north american continent and so we are strongly drawn to the energies of the north american continent and the people who were first here who have relationship with the energy here and so as whatever if we're immigrants if we're intruders whatever category we may fall into Nonetheless, we're here and we're and we're interested. Those of us that are truly respectful and interested want to know more so that we can behave in a respectful way in a place where if you were anywhere you would go on this planet, if you go to someone else's home, you should be mindful and respectful 
of what goes on and learn as much as you can about it. And um, that's kind of what I think the show is trying to do if I'm correct in what we're talking about tonight. The things that are interesting and why we're interested in it, how we can learn more. And still be yes, absolutely. <clears throat> because, you know, and, and I kind of grew up a little bit around, you know, and I think you and I have spoken about this too. So many people in this country, if you ask them what their heritage is, um, I've got Native American. You know, I mean, it, it's it's almost like if you're in this country that you assume you are, but that's not always true. And even if you do happen to have some in your your, your ancestry or in your past, that still doesn't mean it's okay to jump in like you have a right to those, those I don't want to say beliefs, because like I said, I, I still think learning is, is awesome, you know, but it's just, you don't automatically get access to these things because you might happen to have that in your heritage. Uh, very true. And you know, it's kind of a joke in um, Native American circles about people who say, oh, I have a Cherokee princess in my heritage. Mm -hmm. You know, my grandmother was a Cherokee princess or something. Right. Uh, and it's a common thing. People, people say that. And they may, not, they may not know. There may be a family story. But the deeper part of that is, why does that matter to them? Why, why is this something that we... You know, I say we in quotations, why are, why are we interested and why are we drawn to that? Why is that important? And I really think on a deep, deep level, it's exactly what you said, Morgan. We don't really know our roots. We have no cultural connection. I'm totally confused. Even though I've had many years of training and connection with Native American culture and other cultures around the world, indigenous practice. Uh, my roots are the European. And yet, I can't tell you, even though I know my lineage, my family's lineage, I can't tell you the indigenous spiritual practices because it's broken up in Europe. There's, there's no clear heritage. So we feel ungrounded. We feel unrooted. And in the Native American communities, they're still very much tied to their to their stories of lineage, to where their ancestors came from, what the practices were, and more so because of the travesties that have been perpetuated on these nations in the last few hundred years. You know, it makes it extremely important for them to maintain and hang on to what they have left that has, you know that hasn't been and it continues to be and i think it's a um you, you made a comment about people you know saying well, various things oh i'm a i'm a medicine man or a woman or i'm a shaman that's a big thing yes and i i always tell everyone this i am a trained shamanic practitioner i don't like that word because it doesn't fit but what it what I am saying is, as I'm trained in practices, but that does not make me a shaman. You cannot become a shaman because you want to. That's not how it works. You can't go and take a weekend workshop 
or even a string of workshops and get a certification to become a shaman. It does not happen that way. So the, the real understanding of that is kept in cultural heritage. And some cultures continue to train generationally, and some have lost their generational uh, training. But it doesn't mean the practices are lost. And I think overall, there are a lot of cultures that are opening up more and more. And I don't want to dominate the conversation. I just want to give you a little bit of a background of something that I have personal experience with. Um, and, then, and then stop for a second and see where we are with this. But a few years ago, I attended a gathering of many Native American um, many Native American elders and teachers and at this they were sharing uh, information that had not been shared before with the attendees in other words they were a spokesperson for their culture and they were actually telling and bringing information out in the public that had not been done so before and the reason for this is, is as we move further into the understanding of what's happening on the earth right now, our cultures here, the, the, the people keeping uh, the land, our first people who are the keepers of the land, realize if, if they don't educate us misbehaving and unruly children, um, then we're going to come in and you know, disrupt everything even more. So we've got to be educated and understand what is going on and how to, how to behave, so to speak, how to make sense of things, how to be respectful. And so opening up the doors to teachings and trainings is starting to come out more and more. It's time in their words to reach out and bring other cultures into there. So, and I was happy to hear that. Yes, because it, it's been my understanding, you know, just from research and everything throughout, you know, several years that there's so much misinformation because so much of it's been kept close to home. You know, uh, Highlanda, they, um, you know, they, they haven't shared it a lot in the past and everything. And, and like I said, understandably, you know, I mean, so much has been taken, but knowing that they are now trying to do that, I feel like maybe some of the misinformation will start dying down also. Well, it's going to take a long time for that, yeah. but, but at least the doors are opening little by little in some, some areas, not all areas. Right. I've, I've noticed in the last couple of years, there's been a push for um, native representation in movies and film um, I recently watched a series called Dark Winds, which the cast was predominantly Native American, and it was very interesting and very well done, but I'm thinking that might be, it kind of fits in with what you're saying, Tracy, about um, they're making an effort to be seen, if that makes sense. And, you know, well, I, I watched that, too, because you had mentioned that you were watching it and everything. And I remember reading the first couple of those books when they came out and they are actually bringing things to light 
that you haven't seen in the past, like the uh, the homes, the Catholic, you know, schools yeah. for Native Americans that, you know, you just don't hear a lot about because that sounds bad. Well, no, people don't want to talk about those schools. You don't, I mean, that's one of the things that um, I can get impassioned about. So I'll just go ahead and let y'all know is you hear a lot about certain um cultures that have been mis mishandled I, I would say by the white man but you do not hear what travesties that we did to the native cultures and this is not something that happened 100 500 years ago this is something that happened in our life well not our lifetime but as we've you know we've talked before my uncle was one of the people who was taken from his family and put in a school and he was put in a school he's from oklahoma he was put in a school with native american children from mississippi alabama georgia who were taken away from their home and they were put in a situation where they were going to de um basically strip them of their culture and make them more um and i'm using air quotes american when in truth we're taking away their culture and making them more white european you know they did they went one step further in australia with that they actually had a program where they um would take the children and rehome them with Australian families, like they, they take the, abor the Aboriginal children. They did that. I think they tried to do that here. And also, I mean, you do not hear about this hardly at all, but this is a big thing is they were sterilizing Native women when they came of age. Yep. And exactly. exactly. Canada was one of the places that most recently where they've actually gone, I think, to some of these schools and dug up actual graveyards behind these schools where children were murdered or let to die. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, we could have a whole show about that and the travesty yeah. of everything, but, you know, where are we now is how can we, how can we be curious, respectful and learn uh, about native American traditions so that we can live on this land in a way that, uh, you know, forms re what, they, what they call right relationship. It's all about relationship. Everything in shamanic, and again, I don't like that word, but there's not another one out there right now. <laughs> right. But you know what I'm talking about, that, that means indigenous practices, ancient indigenous practices. So how, you know, how can we do that here on North America where the energies are distinctly different from European energies or South American energies? Yes. Central American. I mean, all you have to do is travel and you can feel the difference. Uh, but we live here. So how does the average person who has no connection to N Native American tribal culture, how can we learn about it? Um, I do want to bring up one particular person that has stepped out in the Navajo community. Uh, there's a wonderful YouTube site called Navajo Traditional Teachings. And it is an elder of the Navajo Nation giving little short five, 10 minute instructional tips about learning about Navajo. And it is all traditional teachings, nothing modern. 
You can learn about language. You can learn about the stories, the creation stories, the gods and goddesses of the Navajo traditions, what it means, you know, for, you know, certain colors or certain parts of their language. And it's wonderful. Um, I've heard different elders from different places talk about that we need to tell everybody one of the most important teachings in these cult in cultures is kindness. It comes up in so many Native American cultures as part of their root teachings from all the way back to the star people, the star beings who brought the you know the Navajo to the earth or the Cherokee or whoever it may be. And kindness is one of the first things. There's a, a wonderful teacher of the Mi'kmaq Nation called David Lone Bear Sanapaz. And I got to listen to him and talk to him briefly at this gathering in Vermont a few years ago. And he teaches people about that. It's part of their traditional heritage to understand kindness is the root of everything. So there's a good starting point for all of us. How do we hold ourselves in kindness as we move through our day? It's hard sometimes, for sure. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> it certainly is. But to be in the awareness of it, to walk in the awareness of it, that's the practice, you see. In Native American cultures, in any indigenous culture, these are practices. It's not something you just wake up with. And you go, oh, yeah, I have this thing. It's, it's, yes, you're born into a culture that practices that, so it becomes your way of life. We have to start adopting that as our way of life. Well, and I think that's something, too, that a lot of us, when it comes to Native traditions and spirituality and everything, is not realizing, too, that every tribe has their own you know, creation story, you know, they may be similar, but not Indian or Native American is not a word that encompasses everyone of that culture. No, you know, different tribes have different traditions. Yes, there are so many. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous to assume that that is, you know, a, but big ball of wax. It is quite different. The nations are quite different amongst themselves. And even within the nations, there are different tribes or different clans. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like when you, when you uh, bunch like uh, Protestant, you know, you've got Baptist, Methodist. I mean, you know, there is so much that fits under that umbrella. And it's the same thing, you know, with with tribes and 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 groups, you know, they, they do have their own practices. They do have their own beliefs. A lot of them are similar. Absolutely. But it's not just making that assumption, not there's that, that stereotype of, Oh, she's Indian. Do you want me to hit the fringe for a second? Sure. So like, just, just you saying that makes me think of, um, when we talk about the Anunnaki mm. and it, when they came back the first time, you know, it was said that there's pretty much unity and um, they were, you know, kind of beholden what humanity had built in their absence. And for whatever reason, they decided to divide everybody. Everybody had different languages. Um, so it was harder to have a unified experience across the planet. And they also allegedly kneecapped part of our brain. Um that 
I guess the, the part that unless you work on it, like you, you never really that connected to the spiritual or like other dimensional realms. Um, so, so that just puts me in the mind of like all of the division that we talk about, like the differences in languages and culture and, you know, really when they weren't, you know, relatively speaking that far from each other. I mean, they, they obviously had communication with each other. Well, when it comes to like not being connected to the spiritual aspect of everything, wouldn't you think that that has something to do with like basically the electricity and things that we have now just hanging overhead? Like no matter where you go, you got some kind of wave that's hitting you. Like, well, I think it's a, okay. I think it's a combo. You know, I, I think if you went out in the rainforest and stayed for six months and ate only things that you found in the rainforest, that you would probably be more connected to the spiritual realm than you ever have been in your life. It's a combo, I think, of waves, everything they put in the food and water. Um, mm -hmm. You know, obviously, we know that the pineal gland is important, plays an important factor in our ability or spiritual awareness and chakras and all of that good stuff. But I think it's a combo, Cecil. Yeah, it's a. There's a reason why they're going after the pineal gland and things like that, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, well you know, and you, uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and I was going to say, you know, that that's uh, another one of those things that um, it, the the more you keep something separate, the better it is to keep it under control. Yeah, I mean, who knows what we would be capable of oh. if um, if not for. You know, inventing the internet. <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah. go. Well, you know, I mean, as much as I, I will talk about not liking the internet, it has made learning about these things and having access to information a lot easier. I mean, I can remember having to go to Walden Books and just, you know, hoping for a new age book. I'll, I'll put an asterisk on that for me. It was yeah. better when the, when the internet wasn't dead, like when you could explore and you know it was free range and everybody was putting whatever they wanted to. Like it, there was some pretty legitimate um, websites where you could go for spiritual information. It almost seems like when the internet was like whenever I used to have to wait an hour for it to load up on dollop had more factual information than it does now. You could definitely get more into the weird. Yeah, you know, there's just so much stuff now to where like it, it even plays into like uh, when they were putting uh, children in the, like uh, other households and stuff to make them forget their history or whatever. Like it, like we've said a thousand times, it only takes if you do it properly, it only takes one generation to erase everything, every heritage that somebody has. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the internet's kind of similar to that because they just put in so much misinformation or disinformation but it's different than what we would call disinformation the stuff that we think are factual that we consider factual they call it like false information it's, it's mm -hmm. strange how the world's going well yeah agreed yes and that's one thing that made american cultures uh tribal uh elders work hard to do is to keep the stories correct to keep the history correct a lot of it is verbal for that reason and even if it's written down then it's really well guarded so that it's not lost 
It's not, you know, distorted. Again, distraction, right? To keep everybody distracted so that you don't develop and practice what it is to be human. I crack up every day about this whole IA thing. We don't even know what we could do as human beings. Why are we worried about becoming robots when we don't even know what a human being is capable of? We have so much unexplored. Although, you know, um, going fringe, Tully, like you said, going back to things like, uh, you know, the Emerald Tablets, the mystery teachings of Egypt, the, you know, Rosicrucian practices uh, where they learn how to go into what's called the cave of Brahma, space between the pineal gland and the back of the skull. There's like an opening there. And this is what, when monks chant, it vibrates in there. Everything's frequency. Everything's vibration. Yeah. And then looking in there and moving that energy around, even outside your body, these are practices. And believe it or not, Native Americans have practices that are similar to that. And so their spirituality is rooted in working with dimensional beings, with, with beings on other planes and um, animals, you know, the consciousness of animals in different realms, the, the beings that are the earth, the beings that work on the earth and in a relationship with that. So, but the, everything is a practice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and that I try not to stress over AI either, but this week I did see robot dogs with AR-15s on their back. That was scary. That, that, that's, one of the, that's one of the big big mistakes I believe that a lot of people have made is not listening to the Native American or listening to the Indians here in America whenever they've had actually had something to say and they were ignored or they were laughed at. You know. Yep. So. Well, there you go. That's that's distraction again. <laughs> I want you to know the truth and you know what's the first avenue of that ridicule mm -hmm. yes that's the first tool is to ridicule mock belittle and then to lie about and then if that doesn't work then you use force yes exactly. mm -hmm. yes absolutely yeah yeah the scorched earth policy and different things like that, trail of tears, everything else. It's the trail of tears actually came through by where I live at. So it was a, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, um, uh, and the energy there, have you ever connected with that? Steve? Yeah, there's some, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not good. Well, see one thing that you could do and every human being can do this is to use your personal intention to go to a place that has low or negative energy, bad memory, bad, you know, stuff, uh, and say you're that you're unwinding that, that you're releasing that, and you're replacing it with a gift of love or a gift of light to clear that space and bring it back to its natural state. Every human being has the ability and the right to do that. Just think if we all did that everywhere we went. It would make a huge difference. We think we need permission to do that, but we don't. You have permission by being a human being. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there are times, I mean, whenever you can definitely feel the presence of something around. And, uh, of course, that's, uh, 
I don't, I don't want to get us off topic here, but it's a, there are times you can do the same thing with a big, whenever the Bigfoot are around, you know, there are, t- there are times, I mean, it was, it's like the place where I lived at prior to, prior to when I moved here, there were times whenever I would, uh, uh, I don't know, it was almost as if there was a presence in the house and it was of a, uh, a fun loving kind of a, I don't know, uh, the way a kid would mess with you or something like that. And then there, then there was another time whenever it was the complete opposite. A lot of tribes had relationships with Bigfoot. Yeah. So I, I believe but, I believe it's the Cherokee. They they have a song called Bigfoot Traveling Song. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course of course there are stories, you know, whenever some of the uh, some of the people who moved from their uh, homeland, uh, you know, up in North Alabama, Tennessee, whatever, the little people actually followed them. So that's, uh, well, that's right. Yeah, the little people are in every culture. Like they go by different names, but they are yeah. there. The name, Nahune, whatever it's called. It seems like, and you may, you probably know more about this, Stephen. But wasn't there an account of a tribe being at war with a group of Bigfoot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a. I'm, I think it may have been the Flathead. I'm, I may be wrong with that. Uh, uh, but was yeah, that there was, one in Nebraska or was that out in like out west? It was either Nebraska or Nebraska. It may have even been Montana or Wyoming. Okay. But the little people were the ones that actually came in and took care of the enemies. Wow. Yes. The little people are the ones that you do not mess with. And there's all kinds of tales from the, with the Cherokee, you know, about the little people. So that's uh, that's another thing. Are they human in nature? Like, do they are, do they look human? Yeah, they they kind of look human with a. The teeth are not human though; they're more sharper, (laughs) jagged teeth. Uh, You know, there's one of the stories. You know, with the um, I can't remember the tribe the guy was from, but he anyway got snowed in. He was about to freeze to death, but he'd been giving the little people peaches. This was back in uh, Montana or Wyoming. In one year, the snow had got so deep he couldn't hardly open his door, and he finally heard a bump on his roof of his porch. And uh, there was a dead deer laying there. Wow. And whenever he finally skinned the thing, he found a small arrow inside the heart. Oh, wow. Yeah. Marksmanship. Yes. Cool. Uh, you, know, you know, like a, like a little bitty, a little bitty I, arrow. I just, I just sent Tracy uh, that screenshot of that creature that you had sent oh. me that you tried. Oh, yeah. Looks like a yeah, wolf. That's a, I'm sorry? Looks like a wolf. Was oh, that the dog man? The tracks were in a single file. Yeah, yeah. It was the weird. Tracks were in a single file. It's a, a we, dog man is what we call it. I mean, it's oh, a, wow. but they run with the Bigfoot around here. And did you, uh, Hadley, did you show her that picture that, uh, I don't know what we believe could, Robin told me she thought it was probably an elemental, that little bitty, little I bitty try, thing. I, try, I was trying to find it and I found that one first, but, okay. um, if you send it to me real quick, I'll, I'll send it to her phone. Okay. Yeah, I'll send it to her. That's unique stuff. What kind of times do you think that has with, like, the Native American, like, heritage and stuff? Like, the little people and Bigfoot? It seems like it's pretty prevalent. I think and if you're I'm living talking. out in the wilderness, you have no choice but to interact with it. You know? Like, if we had a commune out in the middle of a forest, I think we would probably be a lot closer to stuff like that than mm-hmm. what we are today. Yeah. And, and like Tracy said, I think a lot of it's intentional. Like it, all of our architecture, like how it went from this these big beautiful buildings to like very 
blase painted concrete structures like it's it's all to get us away from nature and mm -hmm. our true selves right makes sense um we have a um choctaw tribe in neshoba county here mm -hmm. and i have not been in forever but they have a big indian fair every year and i remember going a couple of times when i was a kid and just that feeling in the air when they were drumming and dancing you know and doing their things you know if you could separate yourself from the commercialism because you know that does exist but just like I said you know it, it, there were just certain groups you'd come across and it was just amazing the energy around them did i i never told you that me and cecil went to a drumming earlier this year did no. I? no you didn't yeah, we went to an appalachian festival and there were a group of native americans doing a, a drum line it was mm -hmm. really cool yeah you could definitely uh you know feel it because there was also like you know, singing involved and mm -hmm. very yeah. spiritually charged. There was yeah. a place I used to go to in North Carolina when I was a little, it's Cherokee, North Carolina. And like, it used to be nothing but, you know, wilderness. They had one little shopping area, like for the glamour or whatever. Um, but that seemed to be a pretty cool place. Like you could feel a different vibe there, but if you go there now, it's just all corporate stuff. They got a casino, I think now down there and everything. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. weird how they just kind of take everything away and, somehow build it up to like diminish the heritage there mm -hmm. but like i said you definitely like i said get a totally different feel uh my daughter's uh aunt is um chittimacha from southern louisiana and i mean you know she grew up on the reservation and everything and just going on there the difference in the way that area felt compared to other places around it and everything it was just you know mystical i guess would I've, be a good word I guess like what Tracy was talking about as far as, you know, trying to, to learn things to keep it going. Like I struggle with that a little bit. Like I like participating and, you know, feeling the energy. But if you laid out like, you know, whatever ritual for me, I would be hesitant to do something like that because it isn't, inherently part of me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just like the girl that we talked about, it's been forever, but there was a girl um, who was what and did a, a, a voodoo ritual and ended up um, getting unalived mysteriously after she tried to summon Legba. <laughs> so I, I just liken it to that. Like if it's not a part of your culture like i'm i'm just very um hey, i don't want to say paranoid hey, but you get what i'm saying hey, Alan. hey Alan. well the when she's talking about just kindness i mean that's something that every culture well, yeah means. no I, i'm not i'm not saying kindness i'm i'm saying like if you were to have like um like a ritual of prosperity or you know something that is supposed to either have a benefit or a consequence i would be hesitant to perform something like that and, myself and i hear where you're coming from and i appreciate it but i think for me with um the type of ceremonies we're talking about they're they're so much a part of the energy of the land and by living on the land and we're part of that energy 
And I see what you're saying. There's a difference between a ritual and ceremony. Yes. You say a ritual is a dogmatic step one, step two, tied to some specific, usually religious or uh, higher being of, you know, something. A ritual has a certain outcome. A ritual, a ritual is performed the same way every time. It's usually in a, a, you know, maybe you have tools that you have to use or whatever. Look, a ceremony is quite different. A ceremony, the way that we're speaking, is something that benefits the land, benefits the people, benefits you as a human being. You are an energy being. You are made of energy. That is what you are. You are made of light. This body is an illusion. Matter is an illusion. And, you know, to understand that more to where you feel comfortable with, it, you're going to have to just do some practicing with reading quantum physics, you know, uh, learning about sound and light and quarks uh, and all kinds of things like that. Suffice it to say, when you walk to a place and you feel pain and suffering left in ground, left in the air at a site where some travesty is taking place, you better believe you have the right to think in your heart. Even if you feel like you want to wave your hand across there, you're moving energy to say, you know, I bless this place with all love and light to help remove anything low and negative that was never here. You know, if, if my being here can help change that and bring about beauty or reestablish the sacred connection, let it be so. You know, you create your own way of saying it. You create your own feeling behind that. You know, the, the bad or negative parts of ritual and ceremony usually have to do with something we call sorcery. And that's where we're taking something from somewhere or anybody else for our benefit. We're trying to force somebody else to give us something or do something for us. Or we're giving our power away to something that we perceive is higher than us so that we can get something from it. Those are sorcery uh, energy practices. And they're practices. And that's why your friend had that reaction. She wasn't practiced. But I wasn't a friend. Well, or, you know, I said that with quotes. <laughs> but there are good energy practices, and you can do them for yourself every day. The first thing is to get to feel and know your own energy field. Yeah, and I, I guess I, I didn't want to. I didn't mean to sound like that. You know, the the things that you're talking about were were bad because you know the ceremonies and stuff like that. I would participate in and have. It's just. You know, I'm I'm sure that there are parts of Native American spirituality, culture, and background that probably should not be tampered with. You know, just like with anything else, like you know, where there's yin, there's yang, and you know, where there's light, there's also dark. So I, that's that's all I was pointing out. Well, you're right in one thing. You, you no no person that's like us, like me, for instance, white, has a right to go somewhere and say, hey, I'm about to pull out a pipe and do a pipe ceremony. <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. Even if you're a person who was somehow 
lucky enough to be brought into a tribe and trained in that way, like take into confidence. You'd never tell anybody, first of all. You'd never say that. That's the, that's the difference. When people are out there training and doing all that, they're not really doing anything crediting themselves. You're right. There has to be respect for ceremonial practices with, with all cultures, not just Native American. But you're, you're creating a ceremony is your right. And you have this, you're, you're a human just like any Native American. You are a human being and you have that same gift of creating. The difference being we have not had the practice in our culture to continue to connect with that. That's the difference. You can start right now. Well, that's when we used to, uh, Jim Ewing used to have the drum circles. Right. You know, that for me was all about raising energy and everyone is a group trying to make things better. You know, um, just building that energy up and sharing it and sharing it with the earth, sharing it with everyone there. Raising the vibration. That's right. There you go. And for all of the people that are listening, uh, Jim is was my teacher. I apprenticed with him for seven years in traditional way. Jim is a Native American medicine man. He was the Native American medicine man for two, practicing medicine man for two different tribes. He's what's called a barefoot shaman, <laughs> meaning he went one weekend to one tribal area and did practice. And then the next weekend he went to a different area. He was a traveling medicine man. That's really and he's cool. written... Yeah, he's written seven or eight books about spirituality for everyone. But they are based in what his understanding has been working with tribal culture and just being a human being. And these are things that any person can learn to do. They are your birthright as a human being. Finding sanctuary in nature, healing the earth and land, you know, uh, creating sacred ceremony for yourself. Those are all things that he writes about. His books are great and um, they're easy to read. So, I mean, I encourage that for anybody listening if you want to come. But also research Native American writers. There's yeah. plenty of them out there. Learn from the mouth, you know, learn from the mouths of these people who are still here. You know, look up the Navajo traditional teachings on YouTube and listen to Wally. The elder talk about his culture. That's the best way to learn. Right. Well, when you talk about the weird and fate, I just want to mention this that I've known Tracy in passing since probably the late eighties. Yeah. <laughs> we're all and, and we lost I mean like in passing, just we're not connected. And then in probably around the, the early 2000s, I became friends with Jim Ewing on my own, separately from her. And we would go to drum circles, never saw her there, you know, for years when he was having these drum circles at his house. There would sometimes be 25 to 30 people in his little attic drumming, people from all over the world. Yeah. And Morgana took her, I took a number of people that I met out there. And then years later, I reconnect with Tracy on a whole nother level. Um, 
separately. And when we reconnected, it was just like finding a lost piece of myself. But that's how, to me, how interconnected and when we talk about the right people come together at the right time, I really believe that. And that's one of the things that I've noticed with our little group of people is that we all have that together, that doors are opening and the right people are coming together at the right time and that vibration is being raised. Yes, we're missing that tribal connection, that community healing, knowing your community and, and building a healing place together. Sometimes, you, sometimes you're the healer and sometimes you're the healed. You know, sometimes you need it and sometimes you give it, but that's part of it. And see, our culture has become too big. You know, government's too big, schools are too big, cities are too big. Who do we know? We hardly know our neighbors. That's true. You gotta you gotta stop, Tracy. I'm about to propose again. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's really, 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 really a sad thing that I have lived where I am at now since 2001. So 21 years. I am closer to all of you. I can tell you two of my neighbors' names. Yeah, that's exactly how I, I mean, yeah. you know, because we're just, we're not the same people, you know, and yeah. everything. So like I said, you know, that that is one thing I will always love the internet for is because it has brought so much of my family together. Yeah. It's like I was telling you guys, it almost feels like we have like a mini echo chamber now because like we talk about this stuff, like it's normal, but, <laughs> but you know, try going to your work meeting on Monday and talking to somebody about this. Like, hey. <laughs> You know, what if you were able to, in your mind, uh, on a regular basis, flip that around and realize that they're the ones that are not normal? Exactly. That's right. Yep. You are. You, it, you know, I was talking to um, Hadley about this uh, a long time ago, and I'm still trying to work on this, but I, something came to me as a revelation in my practice and in my uh, training about the aspects of humanity, what creates a total human. And of course we know we have a body. That's how we mainly engage with the world. We have, but we also have emotions and we have a mental aspect, our mind, you know, so these are very well known. And, and anytime that we talk to people about anything, whether it's health or learning, it's always through these three aspects, but there's two other important aspects that are just, you know, as vital to being a human, and that is we are an energy body. We are an electromagnetic field. We are light. We are constantly alive in an energy sense, and we are a spiritual being. And if we don't engage those, we're not being, we're not having our total human experience, you see. And all of those aspects need feeding and care and Cleaning out from time to time, right? Uh, getting rid of the crud. Paying attention to what we put in our body, our mind, and our spirituality or energy field. You know, so being the total human that you are, Tully, when you're looking at that person and you, you know, you're seeing that they're not engaging in that opportunity, 
you know, send them a little beam of light from your heart and just say, I see you, brother or sister, and I hope that, you know, you can become normal. <laughs> I want yeah, you to do that. Uh-huh. He's got a cold, cold black heart. Totally does. <laughs> That's not true. That, although I will say that some people do strike me as NPCs in the world. Like yeah. you see your somebody at Walmart, and you're like that person can't be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a yes. Right. Right. Exactly. Do you think those people are just devoid of any kind of spirituality? Like just like. They don't, probably don't even have a soul like a like an NPC would, like a non-player character. Like there's a finite amount of souls, you mean? Yeah, something like that. And some people don't get it? Yeah. Like you talk to some people, it just seem extremely hollow. Well, didn't, I mean, isn't there supposed to be like a certain number of souls and we've like tripled that? <laughs> well, like, I mean, like in the Bible, it says that somewhere, doesn't it? You see, so I think you're talking about those clones that are running around. Out I there. believe that too. It's <laughs> one <laughs> <of the> <laughs> possible. <laughs> Don't get us started, Tracy. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll go. We'll go, we'll go down a rabbit hole in a hurry. <laughs> you know, speaking of rabbit, uh, which is a wonderful power animal, which is another facet of Native American spirituality that I think most human beings are fascinated with, is that we have uh, relationship in a spiritual way with animals. And uh, most people want to know more about that. I can give you just a little bit. I'm going to have to go here in about 10 minutes, but I can give you a little background on that. And that's in every culture. It's not just Native American culture. Every continent of the earth in indigenous cultural practice, humans have engaged with animals in the spiritual nature of animals. But kind of the thought process is that we are generally born with one or more animals already connected to us when we come into this life. And um, a lot of times we can find out just by what we're uh, attracted to. Like, for instance, always had big dogs from the time. The first dog we ever had when I was five was a big old German shepherd. And every dog after that I had was a big dog, you know, Doberman Pinch or a Husky or, you know, something like that. Well, I found out much later that's because Wolf is one of my animal protectors that I came into life with. And once I was taught about how to do this, I began to form relationship with Wolf. And it's changed my life. You know, it having that connection with other sentient beings on a spiritual level, not just our pets, Uh, They do communicate with you. They will bring you message. They will bring you strength. They will help you. But it's a practice. So finding out more about that, there, you know, again, Hadley, right about the Internet. I mean, we can literally go online and find out anything that we want to know. Uh, One of the best resources to find out the nature of, (coughs) excuse me, a nature of different animal guidance or strengths uh, is a guy named Ted Andrews who's passed away now, but his books about animal nature, uh, the spirituality of animal uh, are sort of the Bible of that. And he wrote a great book called animal speak. And there's another one called animal wise. And there's one called nature speak where he talks about trees and, and, you know, flowers and bushes. So forming right relationship with, other aspects of our world is part of walking that red road like 
this is which is what Native Americans here talk about. They're called it's called other things in other cultures. But that's that right spirituality and right relationship that you build with everything around you. I'm certain beyond a shadow of a doubt that all of you sitting here right now understands that the aspect of creator is in everything we see. It is not just in humans. It's in a blade of grass or that dragonfly that landed on your knee unexpectedly or that hummingbird that, you know, flew into the front of your face. They're giving you a message. They're telling you something. So the more you find out about it, the more you can awaken your life. And look, life becomes this wonderful, uh, mysterious, surprising place to be when everything is a message for you. I and like you know, that. I like that a lot. One thing that uh, I, I would like to tack on to the end of that is don't ignore it if it seems like it's something that is off or wrong because I remember one of mine is vulture, but that stigma attached to vultures being, you know, dirty and all this stuff. It was hard for me to let that in until someone explained to me, do you not realize what the world would be if there wasn't a vulture? Oh, vulture and, medicine, very big, powerful medicine. And mm -hmm. not just over here in um, Syria, in the Middle East, vulture mm -hmm. medicine in Egypt. Oh my gosh. Right. It goes back thousands of years because they are they are the ones that bring peace. They're called peace eagles on this continent. Mm -hmm. So they bring peace by cleaning up and transforming, yes. turning one thing into another. They're alchemists. Very yes. magical. Yes. That's beautiful. And it was, you know, just getting away from that stigma that as I hate to say this, a white American, you know. Yes. That, you know, and like I said, you know, I, it, the difference after that was huge. It was huge when I finally said, you know what? Obviously, there's something I'm supposed to learn here. And I started yeah. listening. Hey, if you ever find a vulture feather, uh, mm -hmm. clean it really good. Just here's a little tip for anybody that finds a feather. Mm -hmm. if you want to be able to use that feather. Uh, you know, birds carry mites. They have those for a reason. They clean the wings and so forth. If you find a bird feather... Uh, take it, put it in a plastic bag, and put it in your freezer for about three weeks. It'll kill any bacteria or anything on it that might eat the feather up. Take it out, wash it with a little mild soap, and get your hair dryer and blow, you know, blow dry it and preen it. Preening is when you take your finger and gently smooth along the edges of the feather where those little grooves connect, and you get it sort of back in line. That's what birds do with their beaks. They preen and get those grooves all back in line. And then you can use that feather how you feel. Um, if you want to put your intention and your energy into it, you take it and blow gently along that feather. And now that becomes part of you. I feel like now I'm going to find a feather. <laughs> I know where to find something. I bet you do because your, your awareness is there. And, and you know the spirit world is saying, oh, He's finally seeing us, so I guess we have time now to, you know, see if he's really serious. And they'll yeah. probably throw a feather or two out your way. Okay, I'll have to. Yeah. I'll have to hold on to the next one I find. Yeah. Oh, you do. I usually find a few every year. You find those turkey feathers or buzzer or whatever it is that you find, hawk, owl. You know, look that up. That is a real gift to be able to find those. That that is meant for you. 
Yeah, that's a, the last one I found, I gave it away to a friend. So. When I had my soul retrievals, Tracy gave me a feather. <laughs> that's awesome. I did. Yeah. I remember that. I always forget how much I like talking to Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to come back on for different conversations. I'm here. gonna send her our list. <laughs> and Tracy, I'll let you know I have um at some point I'm gonna have everybody down in Mississippi. It'll probably be, you know, a year or two down the road. But when we do, I want us to get together with you and to do a journey as a group. Oh yeah, I'll be happy to do that. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to have um, uh, a couple of classes coming up here at the end of the year, I think, for uh, people. I don't do them online, unfortunately, so uh, you'll have to come down if you want to take that. But um, yes, that we will definitely do that. We'll journey together. Now, we could do a journey together online. Uh, I, I don't do the class online, but we could definitely do that together. And uh, remind me before I have to step out here, do you guys ever take questions from your audience? Is this made yeah. anything like that? They ever ask, yes. <laughs> Sometimes they do. Because yeah, that would be a good thing for people to just ask a question and then I might could help them answer or find their, you know, find their way. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not an expert on, I don't like to say I'm an expert. I'm about the only thing I'm an expert on is me. And that's even that's questionable. <laughs> <laughs> well, if everybody's got a question, y'all let's um, get on to Tracy before she has to duck out. Yeah. Three minutes for a question. <laughs> it really doesn't have to be right on the dot, but I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. Anything but, else before I need to. No, I have thoroughly, oh. I, I'm like Tully. I love having conversations with you. I mean, it's just always, there's something to take away. Thank you so much. So kind. See, that's in kindness. Well, I told you anytime you want to come back, you just let us know. Mm -hmm. hey. That goes with anything we're doing. So, um, yeah. I want to come back. I know that you're, I want to come back and go down the deep, deep, deep rabbit hole. <laughs> so we're going to have to go to wearing the folk for that. <laughs> yeah, we're way down there. Yeah, well, Tracy, you, you were talking about the uh, spirit animals and things like that. My father-in-law was a full-blood Choctaw. My, he, he was actually my, wife, my wife's stepdad. But my father-in-law was a full-blood Choctaw. And one, one of the stories that he told me was that uh, was it Hudson House up there at uh, Watson, Oklahoma. Oh, I see. Yes. And um, he said uh, whenever his grandmother was dying, the whole, the whole family was around there, gathered around on the porch and all of that. And said about the time that she died, said there was a rabbit that ran underneath the fence. And on the other side, they couldn't see, they couldn't see, they couldn't see it. But he said the rabbit ran under the fence and what came out on the other side was a hawk. Not, not carrying a rabbit. Wow. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you ever heard anything like that before or not. Well, that's just a sign, isn't it? That was a sign meant for them to see about transformation going across mm -hmm. the other side. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hawk is the messenger. That's the traditional meaning of hawk. So whenever you see a hawk, there's a message coming or a message that you need to be aware of. That's sort of the thought process. So there you were. There was the message flying mm -hmm. from her soul had left and yep. they were it was showing that mm -hmm. too. Yeah, so that's beautiful. Yes, it is. Yeah. Very much so. You know, that's something Native Americans 
culture has kept uh, practice with that we have not. And that is to help the person transition and cross over. And it's not something to be feared. It's not something to be, you know, afraid of. You know, we put our people in hospitals hooked up to tubes with things going up their nose and they're in pain and they're, oh, it's just terrible. You know, that's something that we have really lost in our culture. I think I I shared this with you. I'm not sure. I don't think I shared it with anybody else. But when my aunt, my my aunt was married to a a Native American. He was a Ponca Indian from Oklahoma. And when she was dying of cancer, his family made her a prayer blanket to help her transition. And the night, or I think it was probably like about, it started probably about 36 hours before she died when I was going to bed that, that night. I heard drumming. Like, you know how you're you're getting to that place where you're leaving your body? Yeah. I heard drumming, and I knew that she was getting ready to go. And like I said, she passed away within probably a day and a half. Mm-hmm. But they helped her. That, that yeah. blanket, it was part of their process of helping her transition. See, and that, that's so much, the thought that's of right. that, you know, is so much that's more right. peaceful than, you know, hooked up to pipes and everything else. Well, Tracy helped my mom. Well, she be. crossed over. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, we, we, we took a look-see in her journey to make sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure did. And I was honored to do that. I still remember that. Yeah, and that's what we—that's what we should be doing for each other because it's not the end; it's just to tra- travel to the next place. But you know, the transition can be hard. It's kind of like jumping on a speeding train. You need somebody to kind of hold their hand out and say, "Here, you know, let me help you go and get up here for this next one." And uh, we don't. We throw our people under a train. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, and this this goes back to the white man <laughs> i think that my mother when she, i think she was afraid to let go and one of the yeah. things i think yeah. that she said to tracy when um she was done and was was out of her body was um i didn't know it would be like this i had no idea and she was expecting yeah, we- i guess like it was going to be an end or she was going somewhere hot. I'm not sure which. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Well, that's the fear we put in everything, right? That's that control, being afraid of what's going to happen if you don't. You know, that's not, that's, that's not inspiring people to live. That's motivating them towards an agenda, you know, or an outcome. Motivation meaning pain. So I'm going to have to run. Well, call me, Tracy. I want to catch up sometime soon. Yeah. And thank you so much for being here, Tracy. Like I said, I will definitely send you the list. And And we'll do. Anytime. And you have a wonderful night. Enjoyed having you. See you. That's really awesome. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking me. Oh, yes, ma'am. All right, everybody. I think Thanks, that's gentlemen. Nope. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
All right, everybody. I think that's going to do us for tonight. Uh, as always, Tracy is wonderful to have on. So yeah. hopefully we will get her back on here soon. And until next time, stay weird.